Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to, to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. to yet another episode of the high low sports podcast i'm sure you're tired of hearing our voices right now after that long layoff but we are back uh we are getting close to the crescendo of our top five list we are at the top five offensive lines as a team and then the top five halfbacks which these two kind of go hand in hand you can't be successful running back without a successful offensive line well unless you're christian caffrey which i'm sure we'll talk about but (laughs) <laughs> exactly but with us again is brennan i know i said i would stop introducing him but fuck that i'm gonna keep introducing him so here we are <laughs> but dj we'll go ahead and kick us off number five who you got started at your offensive line and how hard was this list compared to the rest offensive line was easy but at the same time not super easy just because there's some there, we kind of have an idea of who the better offensive lines are but at the same time, there's a few of them are like, okay, their tape that I see is better than what Pro Football Focus says or whatever the generic stats say. 
That being said, number five for me is good old New England Patriots. Last year they were a top ten offensive line. They're the most most fundamentally soundly coached team. I know they lost their offensive line coach, which is probably why I have them at five instead of like four or three or higher. Yeah. You get Isaiah Wynn back as your tackle. He was that young guy they drafted who's an absolute stud to replace Marshall Newhouse, who's a career backup, who's a nice plug-and-play guy. But you're getting a legit starter back, which means you have Newhouse you can move around if need to. You kept Tooney, who's an outstanding all-world caliber guard. Oh, absolutely. And honestly, I don't know if I can name anyone else on their offensive line, but they unite. They play with unity that well. They're they're the ultimate greater than the sum of their parts sort of thing. Kind of like how we talk about the 72 Dolphins. You can barely name that many players on them, but as a unit, undefeated, good luck beating them, I mean. So I have the Patriots there as a cohesion thing, but they can either jump up this list if they can still still continue to gel and play like this next year without their offensive line coach. His name escapes me right now. Or they could drop real quick because they don't have him. So it just kind of depends how they mesh. But for me, good old New England. Yeah, you can't set, you know, what was it, top 10 in rushing last year and protect Tom Brady's old man self back there from getting injured and not be a top top offensive line. So it's definitely hard to hard to vote against that. I know they're not on my list, but I do respect it. They were one of my, you know, got to flip a coin for number five type of things. But And I think Cam will help them out a lot next. She'll probably run into a couple more sacks than Brady ever would because Brady doesn't run, but I think Cam's going to evade more than he would, he'll would he run into, if that makes yeah. sense. Instead of having to hold the ball for 10 seconds, they'll, they're, instead of having to hold their blocks for about 10 seconds, they'll have to be like three seconds, and then, oh, there goes Cam in a blur past me. So we're good. And then the offense, I think, will tweak, too, because like, even though Tom Brady's like, catch the ball, one, two, speed read, gone. One of the best. Cam's pretty good at that, too, if you spread it out for him, too. Panthers have ran a lot of old-school West Coast offense, generic offense, like pro-style offense stuff with him, which wasn't his strong suit, where I think New England will go three wide, a tight end, and a running back, all split out, motion them around. A lot of the same things you saw with Brady, where Cam could just speed read and get it out, because he's a really smart, intelligent guy in that spread. And he has a rocket arm, but he throws better short and intermediate. He's... One of those guys whose skill set doesn't necessarily match his his natural ability, I guess, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. He has the skill set of a Josh Allen, even though, and those type of guys, the big, strong bruiser who can rip it. But let him spread it out and pick it apart and throw it 30 times underneath. He'll do he'll do wonders for them, and I think the offense it starts at the O-line, and that's the biggest upgrade from going from Carolina to New England is you'll be safe. Exactly. All right, Brendan, so who do you have kicking off your offensive line list? Um, offensive line, this is a harder list for me. I don't focus as much on watching the film on, on just the offensive line, but I, I still have Baltimore at number five. I know it's a little bit weird, I feel like, but uh, even with bad play, because of how dynamic the offense can be, a lot of things that they could, they could have as mistakes would be made up for, um, especially with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I mean, I know the retiring of, of Yonda um, kind of put them in a bad spot, but, I mean, they, they're still still able to move the ball. They're still able to keep running on the ground. I mean, they're one of the best running offenses we've seen in a long time. I know, for me, Lamar Jackson's more of a running back than he is a quarterback. Not a knock on him, but that is just kind of a skill set. Um, but even then... As a quarterback who's running, I mean, he still has to have, he still has to have blockers. For him to be able to have the blocks, the wide open holes that he's gotten in a lot of the year, um, I, I think they're a good line. I think they're only going to get better. I think as the scheme progresses with Lamar, I think they're only going to improve. So I've got Baltimore five. 
I have a feeling this isn't the last time we'll be talking about Baltimore today. Kind of surprised to see you have them at five, but to each their own, I guess, coming from a Bears fan, you're not exactly attuned to offensive lines. <laughs> that was much nicer than what I was going to say. So, yeah, I mean, I, I respect you got at least in the top five, but, ooh, terrible play from their offensive line. Yeah, one hurt me. Well, but, well, I'll talk about more of the Ravens later on. I mean, I, I will. But I, I do respect that you at, least, you at least thought enough to put them in the top five. I know a Bears fan like yourself is – you don't really see much of them, but at least not for your team. But when you play the Packers, you do see an offensive line. So is that what your subtle way of saying your number five is the Packers? No, no, that's my subtle way of saying the Packers just missed out. They're still not a top five uh, <laughs> offensive line, in my opinion. No, no. Um, we've talked about them enough defensively. We've talked about enough receivers. We've talked about their offseason moves. Uh, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's my number five. Last year they finished number seven. Oh, and by the way, they got better. And they got Tom Brady's speed reading back there, not Jameis Winston. Now, let me hold it, man. I could baseball throw this thing 50 yards if I just keep holding it. Exactly. Top five all-time in getting the ball out from, from the time it hits his hands to the time it gets out. It's less than two and a half seconds. I mean, you, you put that in front of an offensive line, that's, oh, well, they protected Jameis Winston's ass. And so. And you add Tristan Worst to that offensive exactly. line, too. Exactly. Right tackle to right guard, depending where they plug him. Dude ran a four eight and he's over three hundred pounds. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't want to. I don't want to have to be the guy that has to tell Tristan Wirfs, "Hey, you might have to play out of position this season." But to be honest, in that scheme, him playing out of out of out of his position for one to two years uh, is still going to be better than most teams' actual starting guard. Heck, at Iowa, he played right tackle, left tackle, and center in just his last two years. He's he's as versatile as they come, so that offensive line is going to be a unit. They just missed my top five just because I want to see how they gel first. Just yeah. holding out, but like they, it's a good pick. I mean, it's a really good pick. Yeah, to me, I just look at him on, on film, and you're just like, okay, so you, you're telling me this offense goes and puts up all these numbers passing, and by the way, they still had a 1,000-yard rusher in Peyton Barber, who is like, wait, what? Who? Like, I know who Peyton Barber is. DJ, I know you know who Peyton Barber is, but your average fan doesn't know who Peyton Barber is. Um, And that's mostly because I talked about Peyton Barber enough to you that you know who he is now. I thought you were talking about Peyton's Barber this whole time. Um, Oh, no. Peyton Manning's Barber, who probably gets paid to do the easiest job of all time. Yeah, you know, he just makes that forehead look good. But, no, that's why I got the Bucks there. I mean, you you can't just – that team moves and evolves around that offensive line. And now you got Tom Brady back there pulling the trigger. Whew. Good luck, everybody else. Good luck getting to him. Exactly. So, number four. Number four for me was tough because I, this team, I looked when I look at it on paper, they're pretty good. You look at their players, they're pretty good. But when I watch them on tape, I'm like, oh, okay, they're re- that quarterback is really safe. That running back has holes to run through. Wow, they just play really well. I'm looking at the Oakland Raiders for this. I'm sorry, Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, got to correct yourself now. This is San Diego and L.A. Chargers all over again. Like, everyone go back to where you were. Just, <laughs> go yeah. back to where you came from. You know where – no, just no. Anyway, so I have the Raiders here. They were a pretty average offensive line, if I'm not mistaken, on pro football focuses rankings. Yeah, top 10. Something like that, 10, 15. Like, they were all right. But they don't have too many big-name guys necessarily, but they got a lot of solid-name guys. I mean – Rodney Hudson and Richie Incognito, I don't think they gave up a – those two combined gave up a sack. Just 
You can't come oh, up the middle. Oh, Richie on. Incognito. Yes, for all of his faults, he played well. Like, don't worry, there's plenty of other stuff that can be unpacked at a different time. Oh, I just mm-hmm. mean the guy has more tape on his hands than I've ever seen for any pro athlete ever. Ty holds himself together at 40 years old right now. <laughs> Trent Brown was a surprisingly a good signing at right tackle. I know everyone chastised him for it because they paid a king's ransom for a Patriots offensive lineman, but that worked out. He is a stalwart and a mammoth, and I don't understand how you get around him. <laughs> Colton Miller at left tackle, he's showing some really good improvements. He's getting better. He's not quite there yet, but he's showed he's not a bust. And Derek Carr was throw back there throwing darts for the most part. I mean, if they, could, if they had a little, if they were able to stay healthier and didn't have to deal with the Chiefs twice a year, who knows what they could have pulled off. Josh Jacobs had a rookie of the year campaign running through those holes. Like, I think it's just an underrated offensive line that is, I'm not going to say great in some of their parts because you can say that for a lot of these offensive lines. But they're similar to the Patriots, and they just they just made it happen. Like they may have struggled with the elite guys because they don't have an offensive lineman who's elite, especially a tackle necessarily. I don't but know, man. Trent Brown is a man on a mission. <laughs> he's a he's a high level starter. I don't know if I call him elite. Is all that's I'm thinking. Good point, like yeah. if you match him up with Khalil Mack, Khalil Mack's going to win that thing more often than not. So that's why I don't maybe don't have the Raiders higher, and they don't stick out as one of those teams with a elite offensive line. But when I watched them play, I was like, oh, Derek Carr's looking pretty clean there for the most part. Oh, Josh Jacobs is uh he's getting through that hole pretty comfortably. Yeah. And if somebody does try to arm tackle him, good luck with that. I, and you know, the one thing I will say about that offensive line is the only thing that scares me with them, and the only thing that scares me with them, is their age. I mean, you talked about Rodney Hudson and Richie Incognito. Uh, I think they average thirty eight and a half years old. I, I think Rodney's about thirty two, thirty three, so he's, he's yeah, got still so old. I mean, as far as players in the yeah. NFL go. And Trent Brown's in his late twenties. Like they're not they're not any spring chickens and they probably won't be on this list next year. Yeah. But going into this year it it's hard for me to go against them and what I saw last year. So rolling with the Raiders and I who knows, but Henry Ruggs back there now too, Derek Carr. Maybe they I think that offensive line could give you some real nice deep pass options. Look, if they throw Mariota in there, this might be the first time Mariota's ever stayed clean in his life. So yeah, he he that, he's had some good offensive lines in Tennessee. <laughs> he tends to run into pressure or just sit on That's the ball. True. So anyway, so moving on. Brendan, who do you have at number four? The Chicago Bears? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I put that, if there's a five list they're on, it's bottom five. Okay. Um, well, at least you respect it. As a, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've got I've got New England uh, a little bit higher than what you had them. Uh, the only thing I can really add on to to what you said is is just how consistent New England's been at keeping an O line um, for their quarterback. I mean, the, I think the biggest thing that Tom Brady had in New England was he was consistently getting a, quite a bit of time to throw the ball. Just enough time and, to call the wife and the kids, have a sandwich, and then sling it three yards to Julian Edelman. Well, and the big thing with that is, you know, it's not like they had the same guys year in, year out. It was was the ability to go in, find the guys who could fit that system, do their job, and then go on through their contract. And if they didn't re-sign with them, they'd find another guy and do the same thing over again. So I think think with them, it's it's just a huge, huge system deal. And I I think that they're going to continue to spend the money on the O-line like they have. And with someone like Cam, who's mobile, in the in the backfield, I mean that just opens up their their options and kind of like with the Lamar situation, the more mobile a quarterback is, I feel like it makes up for a little bit more of the mistakes that can be made. Not that they are being made, but the ones that can be made can be helped out with a more mobile quarterback. So I, I've got him number four, um, specifically because of the addition of Cam. 
I will say one thing that I thought was kind of neat is after New England let Trent Brown go to the Raiders and they signed with that huge contract, if you looked at Trent Brown's contract, was worth more than all five of the Patriots' offensive linemen. Yeah. Like, that just goes to show they plug and play with the best of them. Absolutely. They yeah. let Nate Solder go, and they're like, oh, fine. He was our Pro Bowl-level tackle for, since 2011. Bye. Now he's in with the Giants getting paid but kind of struggling. And New England's like, <laughs> yeah, we, we all are uh, pretty clean over here. We save a lot of money on Tide products. Yeah. Look, I mean, the best thing that ever came out of the Patriots was the Humble Pie T-shirts. Uh, because that team is literally, especially their offensive line, and it has been since the early 2000s, 100% a plug-and-play. You have system guys, and they know that system in and out. 100%. They they are coached on the details more than I've ever seen a team be coached on details. And it's the small things. I mean, it's it's chipping this guy this way so he stays out of Tom Brady's hair for an extra second instead of, the normal chip, which is like a forearm, no, they'll like actually physically chip on one shoulder, particularly based off the move that he makes, and it's just coaching. And, and if the defender runs just enough out of the way where he can't make the play, you don't waste time blocking. You basically ignore him. Like, say you're running a halfback dive and the DN's in a wide nine. If he takes one wide step, the tackles are like, nah, screw it. Then go up to the next level because you're not going to make that play anyway unless you run a four-four and you can loop around like that. Exactly. It's it's the craziest thing I've seen. It's at the NFL level at least. Like college level, you see it all the time. But NFL level, like, it might be. It doesn't get much better. Than yeah, that it hurts coaching. me to admit it. Like, but the uh, Belichick, you know, everybody talks about his defense. Uh, when he built that system offensively, he built that system perfectly for that offensive line, where it's just give me guys that will be willing to do exactly what we need them to do. Give me coachable players, and exactly. he'll make them win. And it's arguably not even their best offensive lines in recent years. It's kind of fallen off compared to where it was earlier in the decade, too, which is even crazier to think, and they're still this good. Exactly. Anyway, so who do you have at number four? Uh, another one of those those teams that uh, just – they've been so good for so long offensive line-wise. Um, I had to drop them on my list, though, because you don't just lose a Travis Frederick – and stay in a top three. Um, I mean, Travis Frederick, wish him well in retirement. I hope he gets healthy. Um, but, yeah, the Cowboys here at number four, it hurts me to admit it. Hmm. Um, I would literally just have a goodbye Travis Frederick party right now for myself if I could. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is you still have Tyron Smith, you still have Zach Martin, you still have a young line that's, I mean, everybody's under 30, I think, except for maybe Zach Martin. I think he's under 32. Yeah, he's I think he's 29, 20. maybe, at the most. So, you know, that, that whole team, that whole offensive line is under 30. So they're all still young. Um, and, you know, the one thing with Travis Frederick leaving is it opens up a lot of cap space uh, that was going to go towards Travis Frederick resigning. And now it's going to go towards Dak. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, the Cowboys are still that, that, that offensive line, but they're not that that offensive line. They're, they're not, not like the top three that we're about to get into. They're not the cream of the crop. They're just the crop. Exactly. I still love them. I, I, I'll still take any one of them, on my, obviously, on my team any day of the week. <laughs> I will say I I left them off my list because of the loss of Travis Frederick. If he's there, he they're bumped up in there. But I took them off because I think Travis meant that much, especially because Tyron Smith's unfortunately been injury-prone the last few, yeah. few years. He's had to wear a knee brace on his arm. Yeah, because that's the only damn thing that'll fit that bazooka. And unfortunately, with those injuries, he's kind of had a lot more holding penalties, and he's holding yeah, he's false starts. He's, a, he's fantastic. <sighs> he's arguably the best tackle in football still. Yeah, it still gets the 90s pluses rated. He know? just has a, a little more with the penalties, and Zach Martin got a little dinged up the last couple of years. Still arguably a top two or three guard. Like, 
Lyle Collins is nice, but they're not. They're another one where they peaked in like 2017, 2018 as the dudes, and it's kind of gone downhill, unfortunately, through injuries, age, and losing your losing your leader, the big beard himself. Yeah, you know, you, I, you just can't. Even though Travis Frederick, yeah, he was out all last year, but he was still with the team. And it still meant something, but you could see just missing him on the field how much it affected that team. I mean, it did not look the same. Uh, I think I can't think of who took over in center. It's Colin something or another. Uh, anyways, or Connor Williams or some crap like that. Mm-hmm. Some dude took over at center and just I, I, you know, I don't know. He's just it wasn't the same watching that offensive line. You could definitely see the holes, especially in the running game. You know, you get that big leader pointing it out, and it's just. The center's the, mo- center's the most underrated position in football sometimes. I'm getting in my feels right now, guys. I'm sorry. All right, let me take over with number three before you start busting tears here. So number three, I have the recently disrespected Baltimore Ravens here. Whew! Shots fired. They might be the best mauling offensive line on this league as far on this list as far as just the ability to get in people's faces and just run right through them. Yeah. Ronnie Stanley, he was a qu- interesting pick when they drafted him, and now he's... We talked about Tyron Smith. He might be the second best tackle in football. Might even be the first, depending on how you rate him. Marshall Yonda is gone, so that's kind of why I have them down at number three as opposed to a number two or even a number one. Then you, And then you got just players across the board. I mean, they had the most rushing yards as a team in NFL history last year with over 3,200. And that wasn't just Lamar Jackson. That included Mark Ingram, who was kind of a back-by-committee guy with New Orleans. Gus Edwards, I mean, who is that? Oh, a guy with, like, 400 rushing yards. You could put anyone back there, it seemed like, and they were going to get yards. Mark Andrews. Heck, Mark <laughs> Andrews could have played running back for him. I could have got back there and picked up a few yards the way Look, they were I could have gained five yards with that offensive line. Well, maybe four. Okay, sorry, four. But anyway, I, they, were pro- they were the best run-blocking offensive line last year, in my opinion, if not top two, depend- just depending on how you rate them, I guess. Yeah, no, Definitely. And they were athletic, and they're young. Marshall Yonda, that's a big loss, of course, too. I mean, the best guard of the decade, are, in my opinion. He's on that all-decade team as far as guards go. So I got the recently disrespected Ravens at number three. Brendan, who are you disrespecting at number three? <laughs> <laughs> um, barring injuries, uh, I've got Philly at three. Okay. Um, I, the big thing with them, obviously, the, the injury bug kind of goes around. Uh, but with them, I think that the thing that, that really drove for me was even though Wentz has been hurt in the past, whatever, they, they really didn't have a, a, a weakness. Like most teams, you can pick out, well, this guard or this tackle or the center, you know, is the weakness of that line. They didn't have a particular spot in that line where there was a weakness at all. I mean, all the guys played at similar levels and they're widely ranging in uh in experience so i i it was hard for me not to pick philly uh at least for the top five list it was hard to put them in the list like where to place them but like you said with the dallas thing i would have had them in this spot had frederick not left um but i i think with philly if they're all healthy i think they're one of the 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 top three uh offensive lines in the league yeah, I mean, I definitely can't – and, again, this one hurts to say. I, I definitely can't fault you for putting them in your top five. Personally, I don't like them that much, and it is because of injuries. Um, but you you are exactly right. I think the best part about the Phillies – they were on my list last year. You know, The best part about the Phillies' offensive line, 
they are cohesive. They all play at the same level. You don't have that one big superstar on the team. Brandon Brooks. Yeah, okay. Brandon Brooks is, is an exception to every rule, but he doesn't play like that. He does not. You know, if, it if he's in the like locker he's the room, the only guy like he, yeah. everyone else rallies with him. It's not just like, oh, this guy's a stud, and the rest kind of there. It's like, okay, he's a stud, and they all rise to meet his level. Exactly. I mean, it's and it one hundred percent is like, all right, Brandon Brooks leads through the quiet. They like the oh, quiet that, way. Oh, yeah. that guy's a brick wall. I'm going to be a brick wall. Exactly, and he just does it. And uh, you know, as it, yeah, it, it, but the biggest thing for me that I, I kept him off my list was injuries, but I can't. I can't fault you for putting them there because you see what happens when they get injured. Their whole team falls apart. And when they're together, well, they make the playoffs. Heck, last year they had some injuries, and they were able to plug and play guys, which was kind of new for them. Like, normally Jason Peters goes down, well, the left tackle's weak. we got to put a tight end over there. Now they're able to plug guys in there. And it's like, oh, we're good. We're yeah. fine, guys. It's crazy. As long as Jason Kelsey and Brandon Brooks are there, I think they have a shot. Yeah, that crazy man, Jason Kelsey. And Lane Johnson, too. I mean, can, can, he, can he come to Dallas? Can he replace T. Fred? Well, it depends. Who do you have at number three? Uh, number three for me is uh, also the recently disrespected Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> um, with the real OBJ, I'm gonna, this is what I'm going to say after last year's performance, uh, Orlando Brown Jr. Uh, showed up last year and played like really the brick wall that you were hoping he would be. He is impossibly huge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he has big shoes to fill from his dad, but honestly, he was well on. He's well on his way to, to, to filling them. He might have bigger shoes than his dad. I don't think it's possible to have. Like that's a big boy. <laughs> that, he's a he's a monster of a man. And I mean, you partner him with Ronnie Stanley on the other side. You just kind of like, well, Can okay, we, uh, Lamar, uh, you're good. Whatever side you want to run that quarterback stretch, it's yours. Yeah, exactly. Just pick after the snap and choose which one you're feeling. Um, but, yeah, no, missing Marshall Yonda is really what keeps them from climbing on this list. Don't get me wrong. The next two teams, in my opinion, are, just, are really, really damn good. But number two has to they, – they could have been number two if, if, if Yonda's still there. Uh, but, yeah, you, you, you know, you mentioned a DJ, 3,000 yards rushing. 3,200. Sorry. 3,000-plus yards rushing. Which is more ridiculous. <laughs> and, you know, your quarterback being the absolute threat he is on his feet that he can be. But, by the way, he can still throw as a running back, you know. Not not too shabby as an offensive line that you can be a hybrid blocker like that on every single play. And even if he can't throw, per se, for the people that think he's a running back, he gets so much time he can wait till he gets so open anyway. He'll just he get the tour even he can make the throw. Yeah, he can either throw it over the top to Hollywood Brown or, like we talked about with Mark Andrews uh, on the tight end video, just, oh, by the way, he's just wide open in the middle of the field. Ten seconds later, throw if, him the ball. If not, we'll throw screens and just get behind this this absolute unit and be like, yeah, we don't want that smoke. Yeah. Defenders will just walk off like, nah, fam. And anybody that can get Mark Ingram above 1,000 yards rushing – Deserves a top three mention in an offensive line. I'm sorry, mm. I, the dude is awful. He's slow. <laughs> All right, we're not gonna let. I'm not gonna let this continue because this will go on for a uh, long time with the market. Big Ingram trust, feature. bro. Big trust. Moving forward, number two, I have the Eagles that we just talked about. So I'll make it kind of quick. Brandon Brooks, like we talked about, Zach Martin, top two or three guard in the league, depending on your preference. Jason Peters, one of the best tackles of the decade, even though he's a geriatric at this point. Jason Kelsey, a top three center, depending on how you rank him. Lane Johnson, in my opinion, the best right side tackle, I guess is what we call it, since I don't want to say the non-blind side because different quarterbacks, they have different. But I think as far as tackles go, he's one of the best. He's one of the most athletic. I mean, you know, former quarterback and tight end. Throwing screens to his side, that's – Yeah, yeah I want him might, in front of me. <laughs> exactly. Heck, he could take the snaps if he'd like. I mean, they're just a deep offensive line, and their quote-unquote weaknesses are not weaknesses. So I have Philly at number two, and they were pro football focused as number one offensive line, which means absolutely nothing to me. But at least when I watch the video and the film of them, it matches up. 
Yeah. I mean, they had no receivers to throw to last year down the stretch because everybody was injured because that's the Eagle way right now. What are you talking about? They had Nelson Aguilar. No, they didn't. They even didn't have him down the stretch. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was that bad where we were missing where they were missing Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. I'm not even an Eagles fan, and I just I just love the offensive line. And Zach Ertz was good. Dallas Goddard was good. But you have no speed. But you, So you have to basically hold the ball if you're Carson for someone to get open beyond 10 yards. But, all right, sitting back here, sitting back here. Oh, wait, you're David Clowney speared me in the back of the head. I'm done for the playoff game. Good. All right, Brennan, who do you have at number two? Uh, number two, I have the New Orleans Saints offensive line. Um, I think the big one for me with them is, yeah, I mean, Breeze went down, but it was like a broken, wasn't it like a broken thumb, something really kind of minor in terms of... Yeah, he yeah, smacked yeah. an iron Donald's I, head on the follow-through. Yep. Yeah, so, not, I mean, it, not, nothing anything crazy like getting hit, you know, super hard or anything, but the fact is he's, he's 41 going into this year. He's still playing... And he's still playing at a fairly high level, not as high as he was in his prime. I think he's a little bit past it, but, I mean, in order to play that long, you've got to have a good line. I mean, same as Tom Brady. I mean, you, you, guys who get hit often and get hit hard, they don't stay in the league for longer than 30, 32 years. You know, guys like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, you're looking at 40-plus years, and there's a potential for them to go up to 44, 45 if they actually – keep at the pace that they're at heck honestly so, Aaron Donald's helmet on that play might have been the most impactful play he's made in a long time just sticking his head in the right place that definitely might have been his most impactful play last season yeah for sure but that's not a bad big guy like the Saints I mean they they don't really have a weakness I mean they could pass block well they could run block well I gotta say I love the pick mostly because I picked the exact same mm-hmm. thing at number two um, for all the reasons you mentioned uh, plus you got Armstead um, you also have Ramchek on the other side. Uh, I'd say arguably the best tackle duo in the NFL right now. Um, I mean, it's kind of hard to think. Like Maybe Stanley and Orlando I, Brown. I, I think maybe. Orlando Brown has that extra year, maybe. He needs me to get one more year. I'm sorry. Like I need one more year from him, and then we'll talk about it's it. It's definitely a debate, though. Like that's- But you're right. No, and it, but they're arguably number one in, or, or number two, if you look at it that way, uh, as a tackle duo. And, you know, the fact of the matter is Drew Brees is a short quarterback. No. So you have to kind of bend the pocket towards him no, so he can short. step into his throws. I never knew he was short. It's not like they <laughs> mentioned it every time a quarterback who is six foot or six foot one comes out. No. But that's how you end up with his broken hand if you don't actually stretch the pocket for him just for him to step into his throws. He's going to step in it like he normally does. And, oh, by the way, there's a helmet by Aaron Donald. And ironically, Aaron Donald's a short defensive tackle. So who would have thought? The irony is, is is amazing in this one. But All no, missing is Russell Wilson catching the pass. I mean, uh, what's that's <laughs> true. But on top of that, they did they they you know they they were seamless in their transition to Teddy. Um, I, and Teddy is a guy that he has his own injury problems in his career. Uh, I mean, he, he was a double leg break or whatever, or dislocation or. Torn everything and whatnot. Basically, the leg all but got amputated. Yeah, I mean, like, we're talking major injuries, and they, you know, they protected him with no issue. And, yeah, Alvin Kamara wasn't the same, but, oh, by the way, he's still fucked. And he was injured. I mean, there's only so yeah, much you could do. So, I mean, Latavius Murray came out, and, oh, by the way, I'm here, guys, still alive. Still on the offensive line, yeah. By the way, Mike Thomas is wide open because you have five seconds for him to get open. No exactly. one's guarding him for five seconds. Not possible. But I will say this is another team that I, I you talked about the Patriots earlier. As far as being coached on the details, 
Sean Payton, when it comes to second offense, to third, he's yeah. got everything clicking. It's a well-oiled machine. When everybody's healthy on that offense, it's going to be scary because, uh, yeah, that offensive line is just that dirty. Yeah, the only thing that's stopping them necessarily is the Saints in the playoffs or the Vikings in the playoffs or the referees. Exactly. Yeah, and you talk about the Vikings in the playoffs. Uh, they had a really damn good job against Everson Griffin, Dan- Daniel Hunter, you know, Barr, Kendricks. Name, name a person on that defensive front seven, and they – they had a pretty good game against them. They didn't get worked, that's for sure. I mean, it was a little yeah. rough, but it was more of it wasn't because the offensive line was getting toasted. It was just a bit of a rough outing overall. Yeah, so I, I, that's why they're at my number two. I just, you know, I think I think between two and three, there's a lot closer than my two and one. But I'll let you go ahead, uh, number one, DJ. I think we all know where this is going. Obviously, you're going the Niners, number one. Yeah, we're going to skip past the 49ers. And <laughs> I want to talk about number one, which is kind of fun for me to say because for so many years this offensive line was a travesty and ended basically ended a quarterback's career with the Indianapolis Colts. They had two quarterbacks' careers with the Indianapolis Colts. And I mean, Peyton's offensive lines were pretty good back in the day <laughs> until the end of his career. But right now I look at the Colts and they're the, the, they're the unit, they're the squad, they're everything you want. That is, that is the wall that the president wants. If he could just put the Colts offensive line on the board, his entire dream would come true because no one gets through. I don't know. But I think Braden Smith would look at him or Quentin would be like. I'm not saying they'd agree to it. I'm saying if he could basically put that wall there, they would have everything he wants. I'm with you. I got you. You mentioned Quentin Nelson. He's that third guy in the top two or three guards. I think he's number one when you factor in age and ability, but obviously it's they're, you're 1A, 1B, 1C with those guys. Yeah. Ryan Kelly's established himself as an absolute stud at center. He's when he's healthy. He has had some injury issues, but he played all sixteen games last year, just like all starting five did. Best ability is availability, and no one did it better than they did. Costanzo's yeah. a Pro Bowl level guard. He struggles with speed a little bit, but he holds down the edge for the most part. Braden Smith, the guy you just mentioned, he came out and was supposed to be a really good guard, and now he's an absolute stud at tackle. All pro tackle? Maybe not quite all pro, but he's a Pro Bowl caliber tackle. Yeah. Hell they had Quint Nelson and Ryan Kelly made the Pro Bowl last year. Quentin Nelson's a two-time All-Pro already. He's been in the league and did the best keg stand celebration. And Mark Lewinsky, who they just signed, who's a starter for most teams, he's considered the weak link of this offensive line. Yeah. And he's still a starter, so. They played all 16 games, absolute unit. They made Jacoby Brissett look pretty good for a while. They opened up holes for 18 different running backs. Basically, this is the. it's kind of weird how for so many years it was, God, if only the Colts had an offensive line, they'd be a true Super Bowl contender. They're one in spite of the offensive line. Then in a short 700 days, suddenly it's it's this offensive line. Now they just need to tweak everything else. Yeah. And if they would have kept Andrew, I think they would have made a Super Bowl run last year. Oh, yeah. I think that's still – I think that was all kind of our preseason prediction with the Colts. Once Andrew Luck came out and retired, we were all just like, uh, boy. All right. I mean, still seven or eight games because that offensive line and stuff. But, like, ah, oh, damn. And we'll see. With Phil Rivers this year, too, you have an absolute statue back there. So we're going to see how good they really are next year because he is not moving. Absolutely. And if he does, it's not going to look good. <laughs> no, exactly. All right, Brendan, who did you disrespectfully put at one? <laughs> uh, I, I'm in agreement with you. I got the Colts. Uh, they're still a younger line, too, on top of everything you said. They're not one of the older older lines in the league. You know, you talked to the Raiders where they've got guys like Ronnie Hudson and uh, Trip Brown getting older, but the, the Colts line's young. They're still good. And the other thing is, if Luck would have had this early in his in his career, not only would he still be playing, but he'd probably be up on the same level 
hundred percent is Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, everything because of that full length career. So yeah, I give the Colts Colts offensive line number one. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I'm going to say I love the pick uh, because yeah, the Colts are number one in my opinion too. Um, I mentioned it last year when I put them at two. That the only thing I was missing was another season from Quentin Nelson of being an absolute mauler. And oh, by the way, we got that. And uh, I think honestly, he might be the best offensive line lineman in the game today. I don't think just guard. I think period, point blank, he is the pure best offensive line I've ever seen. Uh, he's a mauler, but he also pass blocks better than most people i've seen him get pushed once yeah he got blown off the ball one time and by blown off the ball i mean he took a half step stutter step back and then regained himself and then blasted the dude back Uh, so it's like you know i mean like casey hayward pushed him into jacoby's knee i guess kind of or half-heartedly pushed him quinn's just so damn big that if he touches anything it turns to death yeah exactly i mean we're talking this dude's a mauler um you got ryan kelly in, in in the middle i've never been a big ryan kelly fan in college uh i love ryan kelly in the pros though um the dude I, I don't know what the difference is why i like him more maybe it's the ugly crimson that he's not wearing anymore that's true uh, that'll but, make anybody look kind of ugly yeah you know it's just one of those things that he just he he played he's perfect for that that team and yeah i do wish that he had andrew luck behind him because i think what he does and what quentin does next to him what braden smith does on the outside um what costanzo does on the tackles and, you know, to some degree, Glowinski, I still think he's the weak piece. Um, but we're talking a A-minus weak piece yeah, B, to, B plus weak. to an A-plus rest of the offensive line. I mean, like, I, 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 you know, I don't player. hate him as much as as most people, but I do think he's the weak link. He's basically an eight amongst a bunch of tens. That's his, da- that's his yeah, only Yeah, really, that is true. And you put him on pretty much any of the other offensive lines, like, yeah, I like that guy. I'm happy we have him. Look, I'd take him in Dallas. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, 100%. But the fact is, like, I don't see this team going anywhere anytime soon. They got Costanzo signed for an extra two years. That was the real question mark going into the offseason. They signed a two-year deal. Um, and that was kind of the big the big question mark going in. Like, okay, what do we do with Costanzo? How do we re-sign him? Um, do we re-sign him? Does he retire? He was retiring. You know, they basically, he basically came back and was like, yeah, I got unfinished business. So we're yeah. going to take another year. Probably, maybe he'll stick around for two, but I think he's like one year for yeah. sure. He probably ends up retiring after this year. That It's like kind of the Yonda two-year deal yeah. where, yeah, okay, we, we expect you to retire after year one, but. Just in case you're not going anywhere. Yeah, in case you have a great year again, by the way. Uh, but, you know, the one thing he does struggle is speed off the edge. Uh, but to be honest, on that left tackle position nowadays, you don't face a lot of speed rushers off the edge. You face it off the right tackle. And by the way, you have a guard over there that's playing tackle better than most tackles. They drafted Braden Smith to be that right guard before injuries pushed him to tackle. I think if you moved him back to guard and had someone else play tackle, you had the two best guards in football, arguably. I still oh, think yeah. Braden Smith would be one of the best guards in football if you moved him. And he's still a top, I'd say top eight, top ten tackle tackle at this point. That's I mean, just how good he is and how much he adapted so quickly, yeah. too. So this team, uh, the Colts, their biggest struggle right now is keeping, well, whoever's going to play quarterback for them, whether it's Phillip Rivers all season or Jacoby and Phillip or Phillip and Jacoby, or who knows, maybe we see some Jacob Eason. I don't, that'd but, be dope to see, but at the same time, I don't know if I like the, if the Colts fans would like those circumstances in which he comes in. Yeah. I feel like the perfect scenario is he does not play until like 2023, and exactly. then he's a perennial Pro Bowl guy. Pro Bowl guy. Ideally, ideally, yeah. But, I mean, if they just want to – throw him out there to the fire, let him burn, and then send him to Dallas. That's cool, too. Moving on now that we're <laughs> done with offensive lines. Next up, we have the team that the, – the position that probably benefits the most from an offensive line is the running backs. 
Absolutely. I'll go first with this one since we're here. Number five, I think you'll like this pick. I got Zeke at number five still. He still makes the top five, even though for, everyone thinks he struggled last year because he looked kind of fat, but he still managed to muster up 14 touchdowns and 1,350 yards on four and a half yards of carry. It's that ugly, ugly beard. It's hideous, and the nose ring does not complement it very well. It's too tiny. But it's, he was still productive. He's still a little bit bulky and doesn't quite make sense with his proportions, but he's still productive. I just – and this has a little bit of a name value pick to it too because he's been so dominant for like four years now. He's been – he just always makes plays. He's he's a workhorse. He's probably why it's not pretty watching him run, but he can catch the ball now too, which is pretty – he came out as the runner and the pass blocker, and now that he can use his hands, he's a full complete back, and if he comes in with training camp and not pulling people's shirts off and getting in trouble this time, hopefully, and, you know, just – Recovers from COVID. Yeah, that too. I wasn't going to go there, but <laughs> I still think Zeke gets there, but he's kind of a tweeter pick here at number five. Like, he can get bumped off by plenty of other guys pretty easily. But I'm going to keep him at five just because he is still Zeke, and I think most teams would still like to have him as just your workhorse 20-carry-a-game guy. Twenty carry a game guy. Absolutely. So, Brendan, who do you have at number five? Number five, uh, I'm going to stick with the same division, but uh, number five, I've got Saquon Barkley. Saquads? Ooh! Ooh! <laughs> The disrespect is flowing uh, strong for you today. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, I think Saquon, the reason I got Saquon is uh, he's kind of just the only guy in the Giants' offense. Whoa, I don't mean, you disrespect Danny Dimes like that now. Hey, Darius Slayton's there too. Who? <laughs> exactly. Possible rookie of the year last year. Exactly. Yeah, but, I mean, at, as soon as Odell left, he was kind of – that was – his role is he ended up, be, you know, being that guy, the one guy that they're supposed to rely on. Still had a thousand yards, which wasn't as good as his rookie year. He, I think he dropped like three hundred yards in, in comparison. He didn't have as many touchdowns, but the dude's a freak athlete. Um, if you were to give him a good offensive line, an actual offensive line like Zeke had, um, I think he's right up, right, right up there with with a lot of the good backs, uh, top three, top two guys. In terms of talent, um, for him, his his ability to catch out of the backfield, his ability to, to just make plays, um, I've got him number five. I, I think his uh, versatility is is one of those top ones for me. So uh, he edged out a lot of guys just because of his his all purpose yards. I mean, not just the the rushing, but his all purpose yards kind of made the uh, extra effort for me to put him in the in the top five. Saquon's probably my favorite running back in the league, arguably, and he's the most versatile back in the league, quite possibly, if not top three. The injuries had me a little concerned he was banged up last year, missed some games, and he was a little bit rough. There were some times during his rookie year where he looked a little banged up, but like you said, he's he could do just about anything. I wouldn't be surprised if he, can't, if he can throw too. Let's just let him throw some touchdowns. Hell, he caught one from Odell last year, or the year before. So I like Saquon at five. That's, he's a stud. You can't really say anything bad about him besides... His legs don't match the rest of him. He's all quads. But staying in the division, going back to the first guy, uh, Zeke is my number five. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. We're, we're back to picking the same thing, DJ. I, stop looking at my list, man. <laughs> but no, Zeke is, Zeke is there for every reason you mentioned. Um, I still claim he is still one of the most underrated catching backs 
in the league, and he finally got to show it off last year, which, oh, thank goodness, they threw it to Zeke once in a while because he was wide open. Didn't he have, like, 77 catches, or was that the year before? Because one of those two years, he had a whole lot of snags that was kind of nice to see. I think last year, during the first half of the season, he had a, a lot of catches in those, t- like, coming back times. That, yeah. Like, oh, by the way, we're going to cover deep because Amari. Oh, wait, that leaves Zeke. All of this yardage, and then, oh, by the way, the ball's in his hand now. Oh, and now Zach Martin somehow ended up in front of him. Great. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I do think it's, uh, you know, last year, yeah, the, was it two-game suspension? And the holdout, I think. It was most and the holdout. Yeah, those, I mean, those didn't help. Or was it just a holdout? I think it was, I think just, it was holdout. just a holdout. Yeah, it, I can't, honestly, they all run together Yeah, and then the, Yeah, because he was hanging out on the beach running and stuff, but it did not help. Yeah. He looked like he was running in the sand at times. But, you know, pre- honestly, even with COVID, he's still – you see the the videos coming out. He still looks good. Um, you know, I, I do say that his head just doesn't match the rest of his body. I swear to God, it's the beard, it's the hair, it's the small ass fucking nose piercing. Get a bigger nose piercing if you're gonna have a nose piercing. It just doesn't match the rest of your body. It just makes you look weird. But the dude's in shape. He's a monster. When he gets the ball in his hands, I don't want to be the guy in front of him to try to tackle him. Um, but I honestly just right now he's number five. Mostly because the guys in front of him, I also don't want to stand in front of him and try to tackle. Um, but, you know, the dyna- dynamicism of everybody else is shown more so than Zeke right now. Zeke can climb up this list real comfortably at the back bounce back season, too. What I hate about him is even when he's fat, he has a six-pack. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, the dude, the dude's a walking six-pack. I mean, sometimes I wonder if it's plastic surgery. Sometimes I wonder if it's real. It looks like, the, it looks like spray on abs on a fat guy. I don't like it. Look, man, I've shaved abs into my tummy in high school football. And it was the ugliest thing ever, and they did not look as good as that. So I need to go to whatever barber he goes to. Ditto. (laughs) So for number four, I have a guy who burst onto the scene last year. No one ever heard of him beforehand, but I got Aaron Jones at number four. 19 touchdowns last year, over 1,000 yards. He helped revitalize that damn offense. And honestly, he was the one thing they had that wasn't Devontae Adams that Aaron Rodgers could rely on. Basically, the epitome of versatile, as I mentioned. Hell, in one game, I think he had three receiving touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. So I just like what Aaron Jones brings to the table. Still got you 1,000 yards with a lot less carries than some of these other guys. And he could pass block pretty well as well. I mean, there's not really a weakness in his game. I would like to see more of it. And hopefully the Packers aren't trying to replace him by drafting A.J. Dillon in the second round. Like, it seems like they're trying to replace their two best players for some reason because the Packers are the Packers, I guess. Anyway, that's probably music to your ears. Brendan, who do you have at number four? Uh, mine was going to be Aaron Jones, but it's just, it, I, I couldn't put another Packer on a list anywhere, <laughs> being a Bears fan, uh, so I swapped him for Zeke, for all the same reasons you guys listed, um, and the big one for me was, like, like you said, Kelsey, his ability to catch is, is fairly underrated, and if I remember correctly, his 80-plus catch year was 18 i think this last year was like 50 some catches yeah still still above 50 for a running back oh yeah i mean and and i think it's more of just they're not expecting him to be open versus what they should be expecting him to be open more than anything yeah and of course he's got Dak. so if (laughs) if that offensive line pans out even with the losses that they took in the offseason I, he's still going to have a big year, and he's still still a, a big brute force of a running back. And the way that he the way that he runs, he's 
he's slick. He's he's able to hit those holes. He's able to take that one cut and just go. So I've got him number four. Um, his all-purpose yards were were great. Um, they aren't the biggest that he's had in his career, but again, uh, different offensive line versus um, what he's had in the past. Different team versus what he's had in the past. And when he first got on the scene, he was kind of the only guy that they relied on for most of their offense. So despite that, I still think he's he's number four, even with the offensive line. I like it. I mean, obviously, I love I love the pick. I can't lie to you. <laughs> Um, I am not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat that one. I will say, you know, you mentioned his his one cut movement out of the backfield. And, uh, the one thing that's that I've always looked at. The reason why I always say he's been an underrated underrated catcher is the Cowboys since they've gotten Zeke are one of the best halfback screen running teams in the league. Period. And it's because of what Zeke does with the ball after the ball after his geese caught it and. Let's be honest, Dak throwing you the ball is not going to be the prettiest thing every play. It's not the easiest thing to work with. <laughs> so I obviously love the pick. Um, but for me, number four, uh, yeah, DJ's been looking at my list too much, guys. Um, so Aaron Jones, um, yeah, he did have three touchdown catches in one game, by the way, against Dallas, where he stung the fingers up to Byron Jones, his brother, going into the Zan zone. Which oh, that was Dallas, wasn't that it? That was the, uh, the, the, the most – beautiful hurtful moment of my season last year because i respect aaron jones i love aaron jones um love him more especially you know brendan you mentioned somebody madden wise last uh, in, in our last last episode uh aaron jones for me is dude turning into that dude for me for for madden purposes i love the dude in madden um i love his game on the field more ended up with 16 touchdowns uh for a team that's aaron Rodgers. I said 19 if you include reception. Well, yeah, with with yeah, but 16 rushing. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I do find it funny that he had three receiving touchdowns in one game and then not a single one <laughs> after that. He's one of the most lethal threats out of the backfield, and you're like, yeah, we're not gonna throw to him anymore. We're just gonna let him pick up first downs, but no more touchdowns now. Our passing game in the red zone will be handed to Aaron Jones. Exactly. But you know, the one thing I, yeah, that worries me is you mentioned AJ Dillon being drafted. Why? Why are you drafting AJ Dillon in the second round a when you have fifty-pound running back? When you have Aaron freaking Jones, the one of the more dyna- top three most dynamic players in the in the game today, I'd say. You have some good spell running backs like Jamal Williams, et cetera. Like you're good at running back, you were good at quarterback, and you draft those two first. Well, I mean, I don't blame him on the quarterback, but definitely I blame him on the halfback. I blame him because they took Jordan Love. You traded up to go snag Jordan Love when you have other needs. I mean, that's true. Yeah, you could if he's there in the second round, trade up and take him in the second round. But first round, you go grab one of those receivers like Michael Pittman, who I'm happy they did not grab for Indy's sake because he's a stud. But you put out a receiver opposite Devontae Adams, you have a chance of not getting absolutely eaten alive by the 49ers. True, true. But so that's my number four, DJ. Who'd you sell off my list at number three? Well, at number three, my list that you <laughs> had nothing to do with, I got the NFL's le- league-leading rusher last year, King Derek of House Henry. The disrespect again. <laughs> he had 20 total touchdowns. He led the league in yards by a slim margin. He basically was the he was a playoff story. He was a playoff Cinderella tale until they ran to the Chiefs' buzzsaw and Patrick Mahomes took over. More, I mean, Tannehill threw for less than 100 yards in two playoff games because Derrick Henry was that dude. Yeah, averaging 150 yards a game. <laughs> his braid makes no sense and is probably the most intimidating thing about any other running back. It would be the most intimidating thing if they had that giant braid that was as thick as most people's calves on the back of their head. It's thicker than most people's legs. 
it's thicker than most people's torsos. Like, it, yeah, he doesn't even. He's an absolute monster coming out there. Talking about he might be too big and too slow. It might not work in the NFL. Oh, they were wrong. You just don't let him get tackled in the backfield by a big guy, and he's fine. Yeah. So I have Derrick Henry, the ultimate modern day freight train that still defies the laws of physics. He was built in a laboratory, and the person who built him is an asshole. Nick Saban. God damn it, Nick. All right, <laughs> Brendan, who do you have at number three? I'm tired to talk about Derrick Henry. Uh, I've got my first AFC. Uh, oh, you love the NFC, NFC East finally? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, my first AFC guy, I've got Nick Chubb. Um, okay, respectable. Hey, I, despite the team's struggles and the, the lack of a coach, the guy's still at 1,500 yards rushing. That's not including the two or 300 yards he had receiving. I mean, yeah, you only had eight touchdowns, but when you're only on, eight when touchdowns, you're on only eight touchdowns <laughs> for a team that scored what? When, when, you're, when you're comparing it to, to Derrick Henry that DJ just listed, I mean, <laughs> one does not simply compare to Derrick Henry. Yeah, one simply so, sits I mean, in the shadow of Derrick Henry's massive self. But he's he's just a beast for me. I mean, uh, for what he's been given, um, you know, and the team that he's on. He's still producing at a high level. I mean, he's he's like I said, he's, he's 1,500 yards. Not a lot of guys can say that they did that this year um, or the last few years, for that matter. So uh, I I don't know. I think the way that he he plays, if if they actually have a coach that works with their team this year, I'm still up in the air because it's got the Browns name on it. Um, I don't care how good the coach is. You can go put Bill Belichick back on the rounds, and I still won't trust him until I see it. <laughs> well, we still I don't have an him. NFL coach this year, not a JV soccer coach coaching the way. So, hey, I'll go coach him. I'll be an NFL coach. Couldn't be honestly. It wouldn't could have been, could be worse. So. It would be much better than Freddie Kitchens. Let's be honest. But I mean, the way I see it is just the way he produces. If, if they end up putting stuff together where the whole team starts to mesh, he's just going to look even better and I I mean he'll probably see a lot less touches because I think he had something like along the lines of 340 touches last year yeah he, he almost set a record in a season yeah so I mean that part's insane but even at that point even if he's reduced to by two 300 yards he's, you're still looking at an 11 1200 yard running back so yeah. I, I, I put Chubb at number three I think he's he's a good uh, good fit there you know, I can't disrespect it, but I disrespected the hell out of Nick Chubb. Um, I didn't even put him on my list. And it has nothing to do with Nick Chubb. It has everything to do with Kareem Hunt being on the team. And the fact we don't know who their coach is, like what's going to happen with their coaching play calling this year. How much does Kareem Hunt actually play a part into the, the team? And those that's my worry. So that's why I kept him off my list. Um, but you mentioned, you know, guys that just are monsters. DJ, you, you, know, you, you mentioned them a little bit. Uh, mostly... Just Brendan disrespected the hell out of him at number five. My number three is uh, Saquads. Um, he normally is higher. Normally would be higher, but honestly, what'd you do last year, Saquads? Where, where, where you at, buddy? You're still athletically gifted. You're still like ability-wise. I'd say number two in the league as far as just pure ability um, at running back, and yet. I know injuries played a part. I'm not going to lie. And the Giants being the Giants played a part. But I need more from him. Um, that's why he dropped on my list from last year. Uh, 
you know, I, I had him at I had him at two ahead of Zeke last year. He's still ahead of Zeke, but honestly, I'm more than happy to switch him at this point mm-hmm. in time if Saquon doesn't show up this year. But really, his pass catching, his running ability, him with the ball in his hands, I don't want to kill. Him. I, I I can't touch him. You can't physically touch the man unless you're a four four running linebacker. Unless he jukes into you by accident, yeah. destroying your teammates' ankles. Exactly. Like literally, like his spin move, his juke, his stiff arm. His truck, like you take your pick. I'm not gonna stand in the way of him because I physically won't be able to, and I'm a large human being. <laughs> and you know he would still take me a good ten yards with him, and then leave me straggling and you know needing to go to a doctor. <laughs> but so Saquon is my number three. Um, yeah, I just I, plus those quads over there. They're a thing of they're a thing of myth. You gotta put them on a gotta put them on a statue at this point. There's not a, there's not enough ceramics. There's not enough. There's just not enough anything marble, rock, whatever you want <laughs> to make of those quads in life size form. They'd have to be like a dummy down version. Absolutely. So for me at number two, we talked a lot about him, so this will be pretty quick. Nick Chubb, second in the league in rushing by a slim margin. I mean, he barely missed it because Derrick Henry had one last explosion in him. And even Jack Conklin's like, yeah, now that I'm in uh, Cleveland, we're gonna make sure Nick Chubb gets that rushing title he should have got, according to him. So. We'll see how that plays out. He had just under 300 carries last year, like 298. Still averages five yards a carry with the Browns. Baker was not miserable, but he struggled. Odell was broken. They were missing like they were missing a whole lot of offensive linemen that they're going to have this year. There, I think Nick Chubb's poised to lead the league in rushing next year. He's similar to Derrick Henry as far as the workhorse, like being built like one, but he can break away even better than Derrick Henry. He's I don't know what his forty was. It's probably like a four or five, but when he's playing, four six. But when he has pads on, no one catches him. I mean, in their first game against the Ravens, one of two teams to beat the Ravens. I might add, he had just under two hundred. He had about two hundred yards, including that eighty-yard breakaway in the fourth quarter to ice it. Yeah. He's he's a monster. His stiff arm is that of legend. He proved that. Okay, I'm better than Sony Michelle. Screw you guys. Even though Sony Michelle looked a little better, maybe I think that was just the New England offensive line. Personally, I think they. For the Browns to take that step where everyone's like, oh, they're a team, to, they're our sleeper pick, yay. That means Nick Chubbs needs 330 carries or so. Yeah. You really need to throw Kareem Hunt out of that offense if, if you're going to be successful in Cleveland. And if imagine how much more he could have done if you didn't have the Kareem Hunt experiment during the last eight games. I mean, he probably would have had a stupid amount of carries. That probably would have cut his career down a little bit. Yeah. Double-digit touchdowns probably. He's a freight train. I love his game. He's He is their X factor, honestly. Like, he is the guy that... He's the guy that gets that offense rolling. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned how he, he's not the fastest guy, but he runs the same speed in a forty as he does in pads, and that's not easy to do. You don't just run the same speed in pads. I don't think he wears pads. I think he's just built like that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, he might literally be that way. But the dude, the, I mean, I mean, he might honestly be one of those guys that's actually faster in pads. He had one of the worst runs I've ever seen from a halfback at in in the combine for a forty. So it was like we all. I I watched him play in college. I watched him torch so many Auburn defenses that had NFL players on it. Like, you're just like, okay, well, he's that dude. He deserves it. Um, I'm actually glad to see Nick Chubb getting love, but I didn't give him any. That's just because you hate everything Georgia. Look, those dogs, they need to go to hell. Moving <laughs> forward. All right, Brendan, who do you have at number two? Uh, my number two, I, I don't know why, but our, our lists are starting to flip-flop. Uh, I've got Derek Henry. Um Everything that you you said, uh, the only thing that I can really add to that is Tennessee didn't disguise what they were doing. Like when and 
that's like the hardest way to set a team up for any sort of win. I mean, they ended up 9-7, and seven, made the playoffs, and beat the Baltimore Ravens, which I find ironic because two of their worst de- defeats were when they lost to the Browns and no one expected it, and when they lost to the Titans and no one expected it, both two Easter running backs. Um, but uh, I, uh, for me, I find it just crazy to see what Derrick Henry did despite being basically set up for failure with the fact that they weren't doing anything but giving him the ball. Um that it allows the team to load up the box, seal up every hole, and he'd still find ways to break out and get out. So, yeah, he's number two for me. If he continues at the rate that he's going, he might not be in for a long career, but he's going to be in for one hell of a career. One thing that's interesting about him compared to other running backs is running backs, you always worry about them taking too much punishment. I'm more worried about Derrick Henry killing somebody else on the defense. I'm worried about him punishing the defenders a little bit too much. I don't need him destroying our entire depth of safeties we have now. Or corners, I want to keep them alive. So it's pretty. I can't argue with Derrick Henry, considering I just had him at three. Kelsey, I'm going to guess you have Derrick Henry at number two. I'm done. Done. Not 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 doing this anymore. Everybody's taking my picks. Talking about my picks. I guess it's a good thing. I mean, really, when it comes down to it. Yeah, your picks. You're the last one to say anything. I don't want to. Hear. Look, it's not my choice. It's just <laughs> part of being great. But you know, anyways, Derrick Henry, number two. What can you say about the man? He carries. Another limb on the back of his head. Uh, he just kind of flops it all out right there in front of you and just says, catch me if you can. And, uh, oh, by the way, nobody ever does. So, uh, Or if they do catch him like Jackson, they're like, I don't want this smoke. I'm going to turn around. <laughs> you don't want that stiff arm if you actually catch him. Um, no, the dude's dirty. Uh, has been for his entire career. I still stand by the statement that he is the only Alabama running back that deserves a Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> Mark Ingram, give it back. Trent Richardson, you shouldn't have even been in the damn room with RG3 and Andrew Luck. <laughs> like, really, when it comes down to it, 100% the most overlooked Alabama running back. He was expected to not be as good as everybody else. And, oh, by the way, he's so much better than anything anybody could have predicted because he's 6'2", 250 80. pounds of muscle. And literally, it's all muscle from the forehead down to his pinky toe. It's all muscle. That's an eight head. That's a paid man in forehead. Yeah, he does have a big forehead. Sorry, Derek, and he just maybe loosen that, that limb again a little bit. I don't know, man. That's Pull that hairline back down a few inches. <laughs> Look, just go to whoever LeBron's barber is, and you'll be fine. Um, and that's probably the only fault with Derrick Henry is, well, let's be honest, he needs a little bit better hairline. And honestly, the guy who does LeBron's, it'd probably be cheaper for Derek to do it for Derrick Henry. It'd probably be a little bit easier because that was a lot of work he did. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to bring him back a whole eight inches. Exactly. Anyway, so we're moving on to number one, and I think we all kind of have the same number one at this point, or one of us is stupid if they don't have him. The disrespect. CMC, Christian McCaffrey. I'm just going to make this quick because I imagine we're going to talk about him a lot. 19 touchdowns, 1,000 receiving yards, 1,000 rushing yards. Really should have been in that MVP race a lot more than he was. He did not quite get the respect he deserved in that race. I think he should have been number two to Lamar, honestly. If the Panthers could have won any games, I think he would have been in there, but Kyle Allen will kind of do that to you, so... Christian McCaffrey, everything Reggie Bush was supposed to be coming out of college, and some. He can run in between. He can run outside. He's the best receiver in football, not named. That wasn't on our top five list, arguably. Probably could have been on our top five list. I mean, in his first three years, he has as many catch. He has more catches than everybody not named Michael Thomas in the history of the league. Nothing more to say about him besides he's he's the man. He's the myth. He's the legend. I remember last year we were talking about, is he on this list? Is he? What do we think? He's so versatile, but what do we do? Like, We had him at five or four, not even on the list in some cases, and now he's 
an MVP candidate. So, Brendan, tell us more about Christian McCaffrey unless you want to try and be a contrarian. You put David Montgomery <laughs> at number one, right? No. Tariq Cohen. Uh, no, I got, I got C-Mac. Uh, the only thing that I can say is is I started doing more more looking into it because I, I got interested into the uh, the whole football family thing. You know, with the Wads, you got the Bosa's. Well, McCaffrey's got brothers that have been played in the NFL or that had played NFL before, but he's the only successful one so far. And his dad too. I mean, his dad's a two-time Super Bowl champ. And a, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, in terms of of the siblings, um, Meh. you know, to be the first successful one out of the siblings is kind of weird to me. I figured with their dad, the dad being you know the lineage he has, they, they kind of all follow suit. But the man, the man has just been explosive, super ridiculously reliable he is their offense you put him on any team and they're immediately improved so uh, yeah i can't i can't say much more than what you've already said let's put him on one of these top five offensive lines and just see how suddenly he wins like a 2,000 receiving yards and 2,000 rushing yards and just a thousand passing yards because he's christian mccaffrey i'd tell somebody to put the controller down if he was on a team with the colts if he was on the colts right now who cares who the it's madden bowl boys you can put Adam Vinatieri at quarterback, and you can do whatever the hell you want. Marlon Mack, you are an outstanding running back, but you're playing quarterback now. Look, uh, CMC is – I said it last year. I didn't put him at number one last year, and I said the reason why. If you have another running back playing quarterback, I can't give you number one. Well, guess what? He doesn't have another running back playing as quarterback anymore. He had Kyle Allen last year. He has Teddy this year. Oh, boy. I called it. I'm just going to eat this one and just – Say I called it. I don't care. Well, you I know I didn't. I know me year. and everybody else called it, but still. Um, yeah, I just I, CMC's game is just—it's so crazy. I don't. You it's can't. like how it's the—it's the equivalent as how I feel about Aaron Donald, how I feel about Quentin Nelson, it's how I feel about watching Christian McCaffrey play. I literally will tune in and just watch. If they had a Christian McCaffrey cam, I'd watch that instead of the rest of the game because, well, honestly, I don't want to see Kyle Allen or. That offensive line, period. Uh, but really, CMC, what he does blocking, what he does, you know, in the with receiving the ball, what he does in the return game, like you know, catching punt returns, what he does running the ball. Uh, he doesn't just run outside; he runs. It, he's probably stronger in between tackles and in between the guards than maybe everybody on this list, but Derrick Henry. Maybe Nick Chubb too, but like, yeah, maybe Nick Chubb. Okay, that's but they're also yeah. four hundred pounds, or Christian McCaffrey's two hundred twelve pounds with pads on. And yeah, let's not forget this kid came out of Stanford. As a, well, will he play receiver? Will he play running back? He's will he just, just kind of be a punt returner? Is what he is just he another do? Reggie Bush? Is it smart to take him in the first round? What was Carolina think? Oh, okay, Carolina was white, right? We were wrong. My bad, guys. Yeah, like, it's, you know, it's a travesty that if anybody at this point in time sees CMC and is just like, that dude's not number one, obviously you're, something's wrong, you're blind, you're, Booger McFarland, yeah, who says who did not have him at number one, but he's. I thought we could go through a whole top five this year, not say Booger's name once. When you're terrible, (laughs) that's how you get. That's what happens when you're that bad. You get brought up because only someone that bad would say something that terrible. Look in my notes when I put him at number one, I like he's to the point where okay, he's what three years in the league now. Yeah, three. Three years. He has his own nickname. It's CMC. We all just or CMac or, or run CMC. You know, he's he's trans transitioned into a whole genre where he can be insert rap game here with his initials. And then, by the way, I put duh mm-hmm. next to it. Like it's just that obvious. Number one, CMC. Duh. 
It's like, like, I didn't need to put a stat. I didn't need to put anything like that. Just duh. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. There's your reasoning. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 you know, it's just it's crazy to watch what he can do and, and what he's going to continue doing in our lifetime. Honestly, if we, decide, if we ever decide to make, like, a top 10 football players list, just where regardless of position we pick the top 10 players, kind of like the NFL does with their top 100 list, CMC's top four he, for me. Yeah, he's on progress to break every major running record rushing record by the age of 35 what's crazy. Or is it 35 or 34 something like it's some stupid that emmett smith was like 37 when he broke it and it's crazy he does so much more as a receiver like imagine if he toned back being a receiver and just was more primarily a rusher he'd probably break it by 30 yeah he, he's he's a tw- 2020 version of Damian tomlinson with a little bit of what reggie bush should have been sprinkled in there with a side of oh i'm just different than everybody too and and honestly this is the biggest underrated part of his game he's healthy has he ever even been hit hard? I, in the NFL, no. And that's the one thing that everybody worried, was worried about coming out because he, you know, he was nursing that hip or whatever it was coming out of college. And he kind of, I hate to say it, but he kind of took that Steph Curry type of workout and he tweaked his game into a way that it wasn't so hip-focused. It was a lot more using his entire body as a one piece instead of, you know, individual parts. It's, a, it's I don't know it's 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 crazy. He's transitioning the, the the running back position as we see it. I can't think of anyone who's honestly. Like we talked about how this list was pretty interesting to make. It wasn't hard like the other ones because the other ones had like those guys who were on there, but they were all kind of close. This was CMC. Who the hell do we pair with him? Yeah, it's like there's he's a ninety. If we're grading him, he's like a ninety nine out of a hundred. I have Nick Chubb number two. He's like a 91, 92 out of a hundred. Like there's a, it's there's levels to this, and he's two levels above everybody else, really. One hundred percent. You know, we joked about Glowinski earlier being the a or the eight amongst tens. It really is in this case. CMC is the twenty on a scale of one to ten, <laughs> and everybody else is on the eights or below. Uh, it, it's I crazy. I love CMC at Stanford. I thought he was going to be. I thought he was going to be good. I didn't see this coming. Like, I thought he'd be a really good Brian Westbrook-type weapon. Like, a lead running back who could do a little bit of everything. Not the best running back in football, bar none, and a top-four player in the league, in my opinion. If we ever do a top-ten overall players, spoiler, he's top-four for me. Yeah, you know, honestly, I I had him maybe as a Darren Sproles-type weapon. Peak Darren Sproles, not... Chargers Darren Sproles. Yeah, maybe even yeah. Saints Darren Sproles standing next to Jimmy Graham and being a whole foot shorter than exactly. in the end zone. That's what I was expecting, not this... But, all right, well, just to kind of continue what we did for everybody else's list, I know we all have CMC at number one, but who are some of the guys that just missed your list? One that I'm kind of surprised nobody else put on there because I struggled to not put him on there was Dalvin Cook. I I know he was a little injured last year. I know he was decent his first year, and last year was his breakout year, but he showed something different as far as elusivity, the ability to hit holes when they had a running scheme kind of built around him. Like, that was a run team even with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Yeah. They had a few of their early games that they won where they threw it eight times. Like, Kirk Cousins was interchangeable in a lot of those games. It's like Madden Bowl, as you said. Just give the ball to give the ball to Dalvin Cook and just everybody get out of the way or go block somebody. Yeah. If he stayed healthy, I mean, I think he would have He would have had a stronger case. He was still outstanding, leading the league and r- rushing, being in that r- – not leading the league, but for a while he top was in three. that top three for a while. He did drop off, of course. Versatile hands, he's – He's awesome. I just couldn't quite put him on the list. Injuries held him back. Same with Saquon. Why I didn't have him on there? The injury, he didn't bounce back from that high ankle sprain this year, and it's hard to do that when you have nobody else on the team really. When yeah. the offensive line's not there, it's 
both of those guys are very easily top five running backs, but I can't put seven people in five spots. Exactly. And, of course, I would be hard-pressed not to mention the return of the Mac. When he was healthy, <laughs> especially early in the season, he looked fantastic. There's nothing special about him. He's not that blazing fast. He's not that big. He's not that strong. But he's never. he always goes forward. He always manages to find yards. I think having that golden offensive line helps him out a lot, too, but... He doesn't sit back there stammering. He hits the hold. He ma- holes. He makes moves. He stiff arms. He's a workhorse type running back. So he's a guy that just get. He's not ever gonna be in the top five list in my opinion. But I'm gonna give him a little bit of love because he does everything right. And then when they draft Johnson Taylor, he's like, let's get to work, boys. Yeah. Like he's the dude you want on your team. Absolutely. Brendan, what about you? Who's 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 some running backs you left off your list that maybe could have made this? Um, I think one that you guys had, uh, Aaron Jones. Like I said, the only big one that for me. It's the whole Packers thing. The the other thing is, is I think he's got a higher ceiling than than what he showed so far. I mean, touchdown wise, it's gonna be hard to beat what he did, but yards wise, I think he's still got a little bit more in him. Um, but the other guy that really kind of stood out for me this year is uh, Chris Carson. Um, kind of under the radar guy. Uh, he's only in his third year, and the last two seasons he's been above eleven hundred yards. Um, He's still putting up over five yard or five touchdowns a year with the last two years. His first year, he only got like fifty touches, I think, something like that. Yeah, because he so, broke his leg against the Colts. Yeah, so I mean, once once he started getting going, uh, he's been a lot more healthy. I wouldn't say he's been healthy, but he's mm-hmm. been a lot more healthy. He has a full season. I think he's 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 going to be up there in terms of uh, in terms of 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 output. Um, I don't know about. Performance-wise, I don't think he's like a super freak like we've got uh, Christian McCaffrey or uh, Derrick Henry or anything like that. But he's still still sound at running back. His his ability is still pretty high. I mean, he only had what 14 games and still put up. I think it was 1,100 yards, 1,300 yards, something like that. So you give him the extra two games, and he's he's up there with Henry and uh, Chubb. So yeah, I like Car- I like Carson and. He still has Russell Wilson next to him in the backfield, so he's going to be there set for a little while at least. He's a thick boy. I, the only thing I didn't really like about him was he had a bit of a fumbling issue. I think he had like five or six fumbles the last cut. So he, he's got to work on holding on the ball, especially when you're that giant. But Chris Carson's a good pick too. I mean, he's not fun to tackle. I remember him jumping over someone, doing a full flip, landing on his feet, and running for a few more yards. I mean, yeah, you know, no big deal or anything. Just to ca- just to casually define the loss of gravity while being 235 pounds. It's cool. <laughs> Yeah, no, so for me, I, I mean, I like you guys' picks, but some some we didn't mention that I really like uh, is up in Buffalo, Devin Singletary. Uh, rookie last year, he had a great year. Uh, I mean, I won't say outstanding. You know, it's nothing like the other rookie that I'm going to mention, but, uh, you know, he honestly, most people didn't expect much because Frank Gore is still there, still, still rolling at a thousand yard clip a season somehow. And by the way, here's this young kid from FAU that just balled out last year and joins a young squad in buffalo that for years to come and now that tom brady's not in the afc east like have a chance that they'll be competing with the patriots now for the division title i think singletary getting into that offense is what kicked them into that playoff mode that got them that extra little something something that made them a playoff team yeah he's a really good scat back dude like but the thing is he's also not afraid to run out the middle and that's for a guy his size, you're kind of like, whoa, dude, don't go up the middle. But you're then, then you see him run up the middle and then juke out, and you're like, oh, okay, never mind. Go ahead. 
Like he's a scat back that doesn't avoid. He doesn't avoid everybody. He just avoids a direct hit, so he can go forward all the time. Kind of exactly. like guys like Alvin Kamara, master, where they don't get hit square. Yeah, and on the opposite end of that spectrum, the AFC. Well, was he rookie of the year last year? Maybe. No, no, that's Josh Kyler Jacobs. Murray, but Josh Jacobs had a real strong case at it until towards yeah. the end. Yeah. So uh, the guy that does seek contact, a lot of contact. Oh, look, nothing but group between me and the end zone, but green. Oh, wait, there's a safety. I got to go hit him real quick. Yeah, the, dude, uh, the dude's a monster. Uh, you mentioned that. We mentioned in the offensive line video, Josh Jacobs is, is just that dirty, um, and he's just going to continue to be dirtier. Uh, now that you're in Las Vegas, you kind of have to have that. Face of the franchise, and honestly, I don't think there's a better story in the NFL at this current moment than Josh Jacobs, dude that used to live in his car. Um, honestly, his phone call from Nick Saban to, to come play there was a, <laughs> like a blessing in disguise, really. And he had to work his way onto the team; it wasn't just an easy thing. And so, and boy, did he do it too! He didn't get the most opportunities at Alabama, just the way it was. Like he barely started some games. He was very much a rotation running back. But once he became the guy, John Gruden's like, I trust you. He's like, oh, I got you, John. Get out of the way. Yeah, really. We saw him, what, in the – oh, in the national championship game against Georgia that year. Just absolutely run some dude over. And you're just kind of like, wait, that's not not normal. Okay, it doesn't matter if it's Tua or Jalen back there. Get him the ball. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and it's just the thing. He was one of three running backs at Alabama that, by the way, they all ended up in the pros and – He's just 100% the best one of the group. He, He's the guy that he tried his ass off, really didn't get much playing time because, well, their offensive coordinator at the time was Lane Kiffin. And, Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, no, I, I you know, I love Josh Jacobs' story. I, I hope he ha- continues his upward trend. And him and Devin Singletary, as far as, like, second-year guys, I mean, I, I can't think of two better right now. I'll just go ahead and mention them because they were on the list last year. Todd Gurley, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if he's healthy. I don't know if his career is over. I don't know if he's going to resurge, so I left him out. And my last year's number one running back, who I still think is a top-tier running back, in Le'Veon Bell. You can't be a number one running back when Adam Gase is your offensive coordinator. I'm sorry. Yeah. And the, I don't even think it's just necessarily the Jets. They have a decent offensive line now. But when Adam Gase's wide-eyed-ass self is the one calling the plays and designing the offense, and he doesn't even want you in the first place on top of that, Good luck. Uh, there's a, he's set up for failure there. He got his money. That's awesome. But he's they're setting him up to get screwed there. Like even if Adam Gase wanted him there, he can't scheme anything for him, let alone without him. Exactly. And he's and he still he didn't have a good year last year, but he wasn't useless. I mean, he barely cracked four yards of carry. If that had maybe eight hundred to a thousand yards, I can't remember. Didn't have a lot of touchdowns. He was a threat in the passing game when you watched his film. You could tell he's basically like okay. I have the ball, and I'm surrounded by eight guys in the opposite jersey. Shoot. Sam, can you block really quick? I know that's not your forte, but I need something here. <laughs> and Sam threw a block for him. <laughs> and he's like, all right, one of them's down, but there's still seven here hitting me. Yeah. And, you know, we also left off Alvin Kamara, too. And, you know, that one's – I really feel like that one's more down to injury, at least for me. That's, you know, him him not being there for some of the time last year kind of just hampered his case when everybody else on this list was – and he just Relatively didn't, he didn't score touchdowns last year, which he did as a rookie. He had, like, two touchdowns. And this was his year to be the number one running back, not the split carries with Mark Ingram guy, and it didn't quite work out, unfortunately. Yeah. It, and it's not him. I'd still take – he's still a true, quote-unquote, X-factor. He's a stud, but we need to see it, unfortunately. Absolutely. And we just named ten running backs, weirdly enough. Yeah, like, like, there's – honestly, there's so many that we can name that probably have an arguing – you know, arguments chance at hitting that number five spot, but I feel like our top three or four – Number one is set. Everything yeah. else you can talk about. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But So that does it, unless anybody else has anything to add. 
Nope, I think that was that pretty much summarizes it. We named every running back in the league, and still CMC dominates all. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that does it for us today with their top five offensive line, top five running backs. Coming soon, we're going to hit the penultimate, or actually, no, the ultimate episode. Not the penultimate. This was the penultimate episode. Mm-hmm. The ultimate episode, the top five quarterbacks. Will the $50 million a year man be number one? So we're basically making this episode for two through five is what we're talking about. Right yeah, now. let's be honest. It's it, it it's a $50 million man world, and we're all just living in it. Hopefully he one day spends three minutes of his hard-earned paycheck and just gives it to me. Hey, look, Patty, if you're listening to the podcast, man, give us a shout. Can uh, I just have like four seconds of your salary? Can I just have your headband? I don't care about anything. I'll sell that for a couple thousand dollars. Just give me the head and shoulders that you used once. I'll sell that. Sometime. Can I get the fan from the head and shoulders commercial? Okay, now you're being greedy. That, that fan was so cool. You're saying that because we're dying with you right now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, our air conditioner broke, so that's, you know, a little bit more fun today than normal. Uh, but so that does it for us today. We're going to go try to find some air conditioning. And until next time, guys. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.